Whether you're a road warrior, harrier, or track purist, whether you came of age in the 70s as amateurism waned, the 80s and the rise of shamateurism, or the dawning of professionalism in the early 90s, there will be something for you in the latest installment of the Runner's Reunion Podcast. Along with co-hosts Ron Galuli and John Gorman, I'm Grant Whitney. Good afternoon uh, to our listeners on the Runner's Reunion Podcast. It is a balmy, maybe 20 degrees here on February 15th. Um, single digits this morning, and I mentioned the temperature because it will become self-evident as we uh, continue with our episode today. Um, we have a really special guest with us, an influencer before there was such a thing as influencers. And by that, I'm, I'm looking specifically to Rhode Island and some of the folks that have come out of Rhode Island, uh, folks from the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. Our guest today is someone who has dutifully clocked and documented 100,000 miles of running over his time, hill and dale, in the winter, in the summer, in places he should never be. It's a real pleasure to welcome Tom Egan. Tom, thank you for joining us today on the Runner's Reunion podcast. My pleasure. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Tom, we have to get the record straight here. Is it warmer in Massachusetts than it is in Alaska? I'm going to say it's about 20 degrees now. What, what's it where you are? Well, today, I'm happy to say it's 30 degrees here today. Oh, my gosh. And this morning, and this morning the temperature was 25 early. So. We're in a little warm spell here. Well, I can't imagine what the cold spell looks like. So, but I do have to ask, did you get out for a run today? I've already got in uh, a five mile run. Okay. Excellent. So we're, are we now at 100,004 or are we more like 103,004 <laughs> or something like that? Or five? Uh, I, the last time I kind of calculated, it's 104,000. 600 miles or something like that. Well, I tell you, I am the interloper here. I'm the one that have, I, I'm the guy, kind of guy who's heard stories, but this is my first for our listeners, the first time I've ever uh, had a conversation with our, our guest. And um, I, I, I feel it's incumbent upon me to turn it over to the people with firsthand knowledge of Tom's influence on the, uh, the running scene in Rhode Island hearkening back to the early 1960s, if, if we have our date straight. Ron, do you want to take it away? Yeah, sure, Grant. And uh, Tom, it's great to have you on the show. Um, you know, I'd take us back to the early days. Uh, you know, some, some folks may or may not know uh, you, your family owned and operated uh, one of the four ski areas in Rhode Island and back in the early days, uh, the 70s, uh, Ski Valley. And I, I know I learned how to ski there and had a lot of fond memories. Um, in fact, every time I hear that song, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, I just remember that song playing on the loudspeakers. And it just takes me back to that time and just a lot of good memories from, from that. And I'm sure a lot of our, some of our listeners that learned how to ski there do as well. But um, you were, I think, one of the first uh, runners under the legendary Harry Gediman. So tell us how you got started and, and, you know, your early days in Cumberland and the Johnson Wales Club. Yeah, um, this is a quick little story about Harry Getterman. I remember the, this was for track and he was 
going to stop the track club. And uh, we all met out at the high school. And it didn't matter who you were, if you were going to be a hurdler or throwing the shot put or whatever, he sent us all off on a 10-mile run. Well, that run, he lost half of his people on that run because some of them were, they they were there to throw the shot put, not run 10 miles. So I thought that was, I can remember doing it and, you know, pretty slow when we finished because your body's not used to it, you know, especially at that point in my life, you know. So um, I thought that was pretty unique. That's the one thing I remembered mostly about Harry and and then from, he was brand new as a coach. He had run, I can't remember where he came from, but somewhere in Providence there. Um, Mount Pleasant, and, I think, yeah. And uh, so he was a brand new teacher at a brand new school and starting a brand new program of track. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was good. So just uh, to set the record straight for our listeners, um, am I correct, Tom, in understanding this was around 1961, 62? 61, 62 is when I can't remember if he did it his first year or his second year there, but it was one of those two years. So Tom has been running longer than I've been alive is is the other way to think about this. Just to put it as a frame of reference, I'm not going to talk about my hair, although I do think of the four of us, I have the most of it, but it is, you know, pretty gray, but, but he's been running longer than I've been alive, which is saying something. So uh, kudos to you, sir, on on that alone. But can you, you know, tell us as, as you start, as you think about those high school days at 10 miler, did you have any, you know, why did you go out first of all? And then second, what was your reaction on day two? Because you must have felt like, uh, you know, leaded legs uh, after 10 miles, having probably not done anything like that ever. Right. And uh, I don't remember all of the details after that. I became at that time, I guess you would say the do it all guy. I mean, Harry would call me. I was a more of a runner for like 440 was kind of my the run I focused on I did some 220s I but Harry would call me oh we don't have somebody running the low hurdles today Tom can you run the low hurdle sure we'd have nobody there for the pole ball hey Tom can you do sure I so I was the decathlon on the team in a way, you know, um, the decathlete. Uh, and so I enjoyed that. I mean, the long jump became one of my, uh, I could usually score, you know, in the long jump um, and several other events. I threw the javelin, I threw the discus. I, yeah, I high jumped at times. I mean, whatever Harry wanted me to do, I was ready to do it. So, Tom, Tom, did you ever do distance? Did you ever do a mile, two mile at all? Not in high school, no. Interesting. That's interesting. 440 was my distance, and I would usually score in the 440. I mean, I would Mm -hmm. get points in a a meet, usually. Um, 
So I was running back in 53, 54, which Mm. may not sound that fast anymore, but back in the early 60s, it it was competitive. Well, and you're you're running on cinder tracks, right? It's not like you're doing any, you know, fancy, fancy surfaces or anything. Right. Most of it was cinder back then, yes. I don't remember running on a paved track. In fact, I, re- I remember the some of those. Actually, when I was at Rhode Island College, they had a cinder track as well as uh, just down the street at Mount Pleasant High School. They were still cinder tracks in the late seventies, so they were still around for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, no, no for sure, for sure. So, so when did you, you transition? I'm sorry. Yep. Go, go ahead. When did, transition, go oh, when did you transition over to distance? Like, uh, so you you graduated from Cumberland your senior year and you say you didn't do any distance. When did you stop running distance? What inspired you to run the longer, you know, you went to marathons and beyond. So. Um, the, the main reason I started running longer distances was to get in shape for skiing. Skiing was my, was the event that I focused on when I was young. Um, and I, I was very competitive in skiing. In, in New England, I raced against um, some of the Olympians, Billy Kidd, uh, Jimmy Uter, that ended up on the Olympic team. And I was pretty competitive with them. So running brought me, I was early on, I figured out, if you're going to do this, you better be in shape to do this. And so that's where I started running. And um and to get the real distance running, I guess, um, when I was in college after my tour in Vietnam, I seen the Boston Marathon results one day. We were reading the newspaper at, sitting in college, and I told the, all the guys sitting around, they were all vets, and I said, I'm going to run this next year. And uh, they all laughed, and, you know, and I, that was it. I ran that marathon, and I think it was Tom Grundy's first marathon, and he ran like 2:42. And Tom Grundy was from Cumberland, like me, and I knew him somewhat. He was younger than me, and, uh, but um, he ran 2:42, and I think I ran. The, I still got the number, but I ran 3:40. And back in those days. If you finish past 3.30 and they didn't care if it was 3.30.01, you were not a finisher. <laughs> so it was kind of, you know, I, I never got an official finish on that. Um, and then after the Boston Marathon, after a while, they would shut it down when John Kelly, the elder, finished. They would always wait for him. And his time was the final time. Um, so, but then, you know, from that, that was my first marathon, which I was very sore from. And, uh, I guess I really want to credit my entire long distance running was I ran into Tommy and Bobby Ratcliffe on just a run, and I thought I was a pretty hot guy because I was running 30, 40 miles a week. And those two guys, they were 
just getting out of high school. One, I think Tommy was still in high school. They were running 100 miles a week. And I was like, wow. If that's, so that's what you got to do. You got to run 100 miles a week. So that's when I really started running and running became a big part of my life. And I've kept it there. And um, it's, it's allowed me to get more out of life, I feel. Um, and I also feel it has given me more confidence in life. I just feel confident much more um, just because, yeah, I don't know. Running, and I run outdoors no matter what the temperature is. Um, so, so, yeah. so, Tom, you were, uh, you know, that I remember that time I, I was still in high school. I hadn't started running until I was a senior, but I know uh, Tom Grundy was a big inspiration. And I remember going to watch the 4th of July road race and seeing Rick McLaughlin there. And those guys just look like such fit athletes, you know? Um, so it was amazing to watch. And eventually I, I got into it, but um, yeah, I remember those days and it was, it was the, the beginning of the height of the running boom. So I know for me as well, I wasn't a good student in high school, I think until I did start running and, you know, was able to focus more in college and, you know, same thing. I, I always say to, to my kids, you know, running saved me. So, um, that was a unique time to, to be in the sport and, uh, getting involved in it. Um, Tom, Very can unique. I, can I ask you to flesh out a little bit more, more out of life? It gave you confidence. Can you, can you walk us through, what do you actually meet? You know, could, it, were you more mindful? Were you, did you notice what was going on around you? What, what does that mean when you got said more out of life? I, I, um, more out of life. I, it, first of all, being in shape, you know, I'm 75, almost 76 now. Um, and I'm still going off in the mountains, um, hiking or even running sometimes, not as much as I used to. Um, so uh, just a quick little example. Um, I was back in Vietnam in 2019. It was the 50 year after I had been there. I had been away for 50 years. And I went for when I was there. I mean, it was very hot and I had come from Alaska, so it was a little difficult. But early one morning, I went for a run along this canal kind of area. And seeing the the people in that village coming out and doing their daily activities that I'm behind where most people would be because I was just kind of trying to find a way to get out and find a decent place to run. And just seeing their activities at daybreak, basically, uh, the general public wouldn't see that. I mean, no matter what kind of tourists, you are, you would never get to see that. You just, so there was an example of something I got to see that I had, most people will never get to see. Just so, and that was the running that brought me there. If it wasn't for running, I would have never done it. So, and as far as confidence, I just always feel that 
well, whatever you've done, you know, whoever I'm with or, or meeting, I just, I know what I've done. And I just have that confidence that, you know, did you run 10 miles this morning? Probably not. <laughs> you know, so, and, and it's been um, something, yeah, that's given me that confidence in, uh, in life. And I, yeah, so, I, I kind of feel oh, the same oh, way. John. Yep. Come, because when I look back at, you know, when I got out of college, I didn't run. You know, I, um, I said, oh, I want to lose some weight. Maybe I'll run a marathon. And so from there, I run the marathon. I meet, meet up with, again, Tommy and Bobby Ratcliffe, right? I meet up with my wife. I meet up with, you know, 60 friends that I've, wet, that I've met in the network, you know, through running. And so it's kind of the same way. I mean, if it wasn't for running, I'd be sitting in an apartment in Pawtucket, you know, <laughs> in an apartment in Pawtucket, who knows, you know, but, you know, networking with these guys, you know, it, it definitely, you know, gives you more confidence and a better, I think it would end up being a better life. So Tom, what's, what's interesting in, in your description of meeting Bobby and Tommy, because I think they might have flipped the script. I was asking Bobby in preparation for this, um, you know, saying, so I think he might say, wait a sec, I think we were impressed with Tom. Um, <laughs> and I think he might have said that, no, he was the one that was doing the mileage. But be that as it may, we may need to get them both on to kind of ferret this out a little bit. But if, if you're saying that, you know, Bobby is a little bit older than Tommy and Tommy was in high school, how old were you um, at that time? Because this is something that I, 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 I'm, I'm interested in, because I think it's not like you were age contemporary, right? No, I was in my, I was 30 probably, right at 30. Um, I, yeah, I, I would say I was 30, 31 when I met them. Okay. Somewhere between 30 and 32. Um, and like I said, you know, I was getting into running a little bit, um, but not on the level when, when they told me what they were doing, I was just astounded. But um, so I ended up for, I think, eight or nine years, I averaged uh, 80 miles a week. If you go back, I was averaging 80 plus miles a week for eight years in a row, running 4,000 miles a year plus. Um, and, and I did that for eight years. When I moved up here, it, it's a lot more difficult to maintain that kind of mileage for me, you know. Um, and plus the job I had, I traveled a lot around the state. And by that, I mean, I would go to Kotzebue for three months. Kotzebue is above the Arctic Circle. Um, and getting out to run there when the wind is blowing 70 miles an hour and it's 20 below zero is not easy. <laughs> so, um, my mileage went down. Um, you, you talked about the beginning being really related to skiing. Is skiing also been part of your life or is that something that's kind of gone by the wayside? Um, I don't ski much anymore. I do some cross-country skiing, 
a, a fair amount of cross-country skiing here, um, and we do quite a bit of snowshoeing snow, and cross-country skiing. But as far as downhill skiing, I, I don't do much of that anymore. Um, but that was what, that's how I got, that was what running, how running came to me was through getting in shape to ski. Because I, yeah, I was very competitive at that. And that was what I focused on at that point in my life. So, so Tom, I know you did uh, quite a bit of miles back in the day. And I think that culminated, I think your marathon PR is like 238 or something, which a lot of, you know, there were quite a few runners running that fast, you know, back, back during that period. But now, I mean, that, and John knows better than I, at Boston, that's, that's a really good time for an American runner. Yeah, no, that's my PR there at Boston. Um, yeah, 238. And uh, I've run probably 40-plus marathons under three hours. Um, Impressive, yeah. I've run 132 marathons now, I think. Wow. So, Tom, you'd be happy to know that when you ran 238, Back whenever 1980s, early 80s, late 70s. So you probably came yeah. in back then, maybe maybe in the top, I don't know, three, four hundred. I ran the same time in 1997. I was in the top under under the top hundred. That's incredible. Just, you, know, back, you know, back then the run there was so many people running under 220, 230, 240, like yourself, but uh, almost a dime a dozen. You know, and seven thirty-five. That was my finishing place. Wow! Was it there? See? <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Yeah, that was the running boom. That yeah. in America, you know, Frank Shorter is, from my perspective, the guy that kicked it off, really. Um, and started the running boom in America. So I, have, so I have a question. So, so you know, I've been running a long time, just like you. And, you know, I'm getting to the point where I, I just feel like I'm slowing down so much. You know, my legs don't lift off the ground. My feet don't let me, you know, lift off the ground. You're a bit older than me. How, what do you give credit for your longevity? You know, you've been 10, you know, I, I started in 70, 1976 in high school. You know, I've been running a long time. What do you, you know, from, from like 65 until now, you know, what keeps you going? What, how, you know, how can you get your feet off the ground? And I know you love the sport, but. Well, I, as I, I like the confidence feel that I have. Um, I trip a lot now. I'll say that as I get older, because I'm too lazy to pick up my feet. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as good running on trails as I used to be. Um, I'm, I kind of whine when I'm on a trail because I got to pick up my feet. I, you know, it's funny that I went to the doctors once here, not just a couple of years ago, and, and they asked me, well, have you fallen down? And when you get this age, that's a question they start to ask people, you know, because I said, oh yeah, I've fallen down, you know, many times. And they were like, they're all excited. And I said, well, I'm out running in the woods on trails. <laughs> I said, you know, I trip and go crash into the ground. <laughs> and they're like, 
it, you know, they're pretty astounded that, you know, I'm out there doing that. So, but I, in a general year, I probably go down 10 times and I mean Oof. some pretty good falls. Um, I, last, last year I, I was lucky I didn't break anything. So, so Tom, uh, I do remember running, um, you know, some of the fire roads with you in Cumberland, that Diamond Hill, across from the Diamond Hill Park there, which is now a big mountain bike destination, by the way. Um, and I, maybe it was my, the way I ran. Uh, I love to run in the woods, but I could not keep up with you on those trails because they were really rocky. And you, you've had some, some unique trail exploits, I think throughout your running career, doing some different trail events or destinations? Yes. Up here, I've done some really uh, pretty, a lot of good runs in the mountains here. Uh, for me, I've been able to run on some pretty unique trails. I haven't done much of the peak running to hit the peaks as I did when I was back in New England there. I I kind of look back at it like I may have been one of the first mountain running. I would go and backpack into like the Penny Gawasset Wilderness, set up a camp, and then go do a loop, like a 20, 25-mile loop across all the peaks because I was trying to get all the 4,000-foot peaks in New Hampshire back then. And so I was like, well, I want to do, you know, six or seven a day. I don't want to do one or two. <laughs> so I, I don't remember when I was running back there, I do not remember seeing anyone else doing what I was doing. Um, you know, Bobby Rat ran with me, uh, Danny Grundy, you know, I mean, different people back. We would hike in and, uh, yeah, so it was um, pretty unique back then. I, I, you know, we would pass people backpacking and we we're running like on a ridge. We might be running eight, you know, seven thirty, eight minute pace. These people were just pretty astounded to see us go flying by. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah. So, so that's why you've got this image that I get from Chris Cruz and Tommy and Bobby that you were kind of the Paul Bunyan of your time, you know, in a way. What was the longest race? You know, kind of an indestructible guy who could, who was sure-footed on those trails. Sounds like a marathon in some ways is a walk in the park. You've done 142 of them. Did you do 100 milers, 100 Ks, 50 milers? What's the, what's the longest you've done? And, and, and where has running taken you from that perspective in, in a competitive sense in those longer distances? Um, my longest run is 115 miles um, that I did back in New England. Um, I've run quite a few 50 milers. Uh, by that, I'm probably thinking 10 to 15, somewhere in there. Um, and I was pretty competitive at that distance. 50 miles was uh, a distance I was pretty competitive at. I've run uh, under 6.10, 6 hours and 10 minutes for 50 miles. Mm. So 
it's fairly competitive. I, you know. So, so did you run uh, with uh, like George Gardner? Um, I think remember him. Yeah. So he was. I do remember George, yeah. and he was. Yeah. Um, Jack Swanson, I think his name was another guy from Connecticut. I'm not sure if he was after your time, but yeah, he, yeah, those guys. Yeah. I ran with those George. guys. You know, several, yeah. several of the people I can't remember then, you know, but George Gardner sticks out. Um, mm -hmm. And BJ and Jerry was doing it, that, doing some of right. those 50s things then. Um, but yeah, George, he, he was, I, I remember once he went down to Australia and did. I can't remember a six-day race or seven-day race or something like that. Um, you know, when you think about the fifties and the hundreds, so to speak. Um, first of all, that that has to that has to require a mental tenacity that I quite honestly can't really fathom, um, because you're taking so little in the way of break and and all of that. But if you, as you think about those, if you put them all up together, what was your most memorable? If there was one, and why? Memorable fifty miler, fifty to hundred. You know, you know, on, and that upper yeah. on that upper scheme. Either well, weather or com competition, or you know. Um, the the one I you know I don't remember them in detail anymore, but I did one in Anchorage, um, and it was in August and it was started raining and it was probably 38, 40 degrees. It was in the forties, I think. And uh, I remember that became a long run because of the, the rain just, you know, coming down and, uh, and one of the guys that ran in that, he was training, and he ended up winning. He was training, and he was going to go climb Mount Everest, and that's what he did. Uh, the next, uh, the next spring, he he went to and climbed Mount Everest. There's some amazing people up here in Alaska that, it, uh, just yeah, some amazing people with endurance that are pretty incredible. Um, you know, just the people that run the Iditarod. I mean, uh, believe me, a lot of those people I've been with running, they're running marathons in the summer to get to stay in shape for that. Mm. You know, it isn't like you, you just see, you think they're just riding on the back of that dog sled. They're working very hard. They've trained very hard for it, and, and you've got to be really, you know, quick for that, uh, feeding the dogs, and, you know, you're not allowed any help. So there's some amazing people up in this, this country, yeah. Most of us have dealt with injuries at one point in time or the other. Have you escaped that bug, or have you minimized it in some way? I, I feel I've minimized it somewhat. Um, I've had a couple of injuries um, that, you know, one of them was I was sledding with my son in 2010 and uh, I, I broke a couple of vertebrae and that 
is something I still deal with in my back. It's um, that was probably the worst injury that I ever had, and it was non-related to running. Mm. Um, and that took me a while to get over that. Uh, you know, and so that, it still bothers me. I do a lot of core exercises right now to help stabilize that so I can run. But as far as knees go, I haven't had much problem with that, which I'm very thankful for because I know an awful lot of people start to have problems with knees and all the little things. So other than my back, um, I haven't had any real major injuries. So, Tom, uh, yeah, you've had an incredible longevity in in your career. Um, I I think what most listeners wouldn't know either, I think you were uh, one of the early Ironman finishers on when they had the Cape Cod Ironman. Is that, isn't that, I think you told me about that race. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think I came in 11th. I'm not positive, but somewhere around there. I got stung. I remember. I remember that race because I got stung by there was jellyfish out in the Cape Cod there, and I got stung about five times. And then I got on the bike and and I held my own on the bike, but I was waiting for the run. And I can't remember um, what place I did in the run, but I remember I ran three thirty. 332 or something like that at, at the end of the, um, you know, the, the marathon, you know, finishing the marathon there. And I remember passing so many people, you know, cause they weren't, that was my event was the marathon, you know, I mean, so when I got off the bike, I was just like, yes, we're gonna, <laughs> now I can, you know, so yeah, it was very good. And I trained, and I was doing triathlons, and I enjoyed those quite a bit. But when I moved up to Alaska, the swimming, is, I don't swim in a pool. I, I've never liked swimming in a pool. I've swum in a pool before, but I never liked it. And when, when I get up here, you know, swimming is in the, it's pretty, pretty hard to find a place to swim in the summer and not in a pool. <laughs> right. Maybe one day a year. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so uh, I have done um, a couple of triathlons up here, um, one in Fairbanks, I remember. And the people kept telling me, and this is when I was first up here new, they, people that knew, they said, you need to get a wetsuit. I said, oh, I'll be fine without a wetsuit. Well, we swam up in, the, in a, I think it's Birch Lake in, in Fairbanks and I don't know what the temperature of the water was like 58 degrees, you know, and, and it was, um, I think a mile swim or something like that. You know, I, I was frozen when I got off the bike. I mean, I, I remember being on the bike and I think the bike was like 25 miles and I was cold the whole way on my bike. I didn't warm up until the 10 mile run at the end, or I think it was eight mile run at the end. Um, so, but. And so Tom, I have a question. So you've been over, run over 150 marathons. So how do you fit 
150 marathons, you know, in like I've run you know, around 50, but I've never run like two, two a month, three a month. What's the most you've run, like, you know, most marathons in a short period of time in a month or, you know, two weeks yeah. in a row, three weeks? Well, I don't, I don't know um, exactly, but when one of the things I did here um, was I ran my 100th marathon on Boston's 100th. Remember that when I was when I was coming into that the last three years or so I I said to do this I'm going to really have to up the ante so living in Alaska now there isn't a marathon every other week or every other month uh, you know they're far and in between so I would go fly out of here for a two week trip fly into, say, Vegas, run the marathon in Vegas, then go over to um, Phoenix area, run a marathon the next weekend, and, and then the following weekend run in, in New Mexico, and then come home. So it would be three weeks in a row where I would run these marathons um, to, to try to get them in, you know, to, and I did. I was able to, to do that. You know, but it's it was the, the last couple of years there, I was running probably 15 a year. And you're still running. That's amazing. So I've got to believe, I've got to believe, Tom, that running in Alaska has its share of moments that you're not going to find anywhere else. I mean, it's one thing to be in the White Mountains. It's one thing to be you know, on the coast, the New England coast. But with the weather, with the size of that state, with the wildlife, what can you tell us that, you know, give us one or two things, or stories or anecdotes, if you would, that you just know that either you lucked out that, and you're here today because you just got lucky or uh, things that none of us, you know, in the lower 48 are ever going to experience unless we get up there? Well, uh, uh, one experience, I was, I was working in Kotzebue, which is above the Arctic Circle there. Um, and this was about the end of November, the 1st of December. So we're looking at some pretty short days at that time. And after work, I, the, the ocean there froze very early, um, they would people would be out ice fishing at Clatsabuse right on the sound, and they had a trail that they would put across to one of the villages on the other side called Chashelik, and it was just a kind of a summer fish camp. But they would mock this trail in the winter, and they would go across. It was ten miles, ten eleven miles, and they would put in willow trees about every 150, 200 yards out on the ice so you wouldn't get lost in a ground blizzard or whatever. So one day after work, I hadn't been running that much, um, just doing some four and five milers. And I said, well, tonight after work, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna do a 15 mile run out on the ice. I'm gonna go out and back. So the, the village, 
um, Kotzebue is the only area up there that has lights, basically. I mean, it isn't like there's street lights anywhere. So I start out on that run. I've, I've done it before, similar. And I could always look back and see the lights of the village um, to get back. So I start out and I'm not, I'm just running out and thinking of one of the things is polar bears, they can be here, you know, and they're really dangerous. But so I get out there and after just about an hour, I, okay, I, I've gone enough. I turn around and look back and this ice fog had rolled in behind me, thick as could be. I couldn't see the village. In, I couldn't see anything. And it was right behind me. I was amazed. It kind of was so close to me and I hadn't noticed it. And so I stopped back and I basically stumbled looking for these markers in the ice for the next five or six miles until I could kind of see the glow of the community. So that was, uh, you know, I'm, for me, it was pretty intense. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one experience. And there's many of them I have, but that one comes to mind. Yeah, that's uh, definitely, um, you know, I do a lot on the water. And uh, when the fog comes in and you're on the water, you you can get disoriented very quick so that's that's quite a story yeah no exactly yeah so um yeah i've had uh you know running with in areas where there's lots of bears um i've seen them off in the distance i've never been chased by one um per se but I've seen a lot of bears when I've been out running over the years up here. Um, some of it's pretty exciting. Some of it's pretty scary. <laughs> How many people have asked you uh, being up in the cold? Oh, don't your lungs freeze? <laughs> yeah. well, I, love, I love that question. Everybody, I tell yeah. people I run when, when it's in the winter, don't your lungs freeze? It's like, yeah. but you must have run yeah, in some pretty cold weather. I mean, Below yeah. zero, I've below ten. Yeah, I've run at fifty, minus fifty. Oof. Minus fifty. Minus fifty. Yeah. Well, they, face cover. Face cover. Oh yeah, I wear. Yeah, yeah you need to. Otherwise, you're, everything would be frozen almost instantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got a little tiny slot where you can see. You know. Wow. Um, <laughs> you go online and punch in Running Club North. And there'll be a schedule there that'll tell you what they're doing this next week. This is in Fairbanks. And they run on Wednesdays, no matter what the weather is. Every Wednesday, they have a run. It doesn't matter if it's 50 below, 40 below, whatever. They run every single Wednesday in Fairbanks. It's amazing. The group up in Fairbanks is amazing. I lived up there for a while. They are amazing people up there. That's incredible. Well, I'm thinking, gentlemen, um, it's it's dark here. It's probably early afternoon at most, and we don't want Tom running vicariously in the dark. 
back in you know back in his his uh, his old stomping grounds. So I'm thinking that we should um, perhaps maybe one more final round of questions and then sign off. What do we think, folks? What do we think, John? Ron, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, we we could talk for for hours because a lot of stories, but um, it's definitely been great to have you on the show. I, I you know, uh, back in the day, what 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 was your favorite race or races that you really enjoyed, whether it was the distance or the just the social atmosphere or the challenge? Um, there's two races I guess that kind of stand out for me is the Boston Marathon. I, I really enjoyed how that all went on back, especially in the day, you know, when you had to really qualify and um, it was only really good runners. And so I always enjoyed running Boston. And one of my favorite races was the race right here in Anchorage. Uh, It's called the Mayor's Marathon. It was always as close to the equinox, the summer uh, solstice as possible. And uh, it's there's about close to 10 miles of trails on that run. Um, it's called the Tank Trail. And uh, over the years when I was in Anchorage, I ran that trail quite a bit. Um, and I've seen wolf out there, I've seen bears out there, I've seen moose out there. So it was a pretty good run to be able to go through something where that was a possibility of seeing that type of wildlife so yeah it's a, a it was a good run a, you know i enjoyed the anchorage mayor's marathon so well so tom um you know being from rhode island and you know you, you ran a lot of races in rhode island like i did back in the you know 80s and um is there any race that's your favorite like for me you know blessing of the fleet 10 mile a hot summer night uh is there any race that you is your favorite that was your favorite or that you remember that you had a good race or you had a race against somebody that was you know all-time classic that you it stands out um one of the races i i probably enjoyed the most and it i don't i'm sure they don't do it anymore um it was the i can't remember the name but it went it ran through Kennebunkport. Uh, Maine Coast Marathon, maybe, is what it was called. Yeah, in May. In, in May, in May, it was in May. Right, it was. Yeah. It was in May, um, yeah. and I enjoyed that course very much. And then uh, the reason they stopped that was because we ran by the president's house. If you remember, if you ran it, but we ran by that was um, the first bush, and they didn't like all of the traffic. So they ended up stopping that race um, after a year or two he was president. I remember that talking to people like, why would you want to get rid of this race? And they said that was the reason. But I enjoyed that course probably as much as any anywhere I ran um, back in New England. Well, you know what? It's back. We've got a Democrat in office. We're back. So. <laughs> 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 so you'll be happy to know <laughs> well on on that note it's probably time for us to tie things up 
we've been joined for this episode of the Runners Reunion podcast by a man who has gotten more out of life in his own words because of his more than 100,000 miles on hill, on trail, and on the roads. It's been a real pleasure to, um, you can take the boy out of Rhode Island, I guess, but you can't take the Rhode Island out of the boy, uh, even as he lives far away in Alaska. It's been a real pleasure uh, for me, and I, and I assume for John and Ron as well, to have this conversation with Tom Egan. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. You are welcome. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Tom. Great to catch up. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it.